listening to SBS On The Money with Ricardo Gonsalves. Coming up, record car sales in 2023. We take a look at the rise of EVs and the Australian share market down again. It is your daily 10-minute business and finance news wrap for this Thursday, the 4th of January, 2024. Later on Market Day, we will speak with Matt Wacher from Morningstar for his take on the opportunities for investors on the share market this year. But first, to the motoring industry, because despite record high petrol prices and the higher cost of living, a record 1.21 million cars were sold in 2023. That's according to the Federal Chamber of Automotive Industries. The top three cars sold last year were all utes. Number one, the Ford Ranger, the about 63,000 sold, followed by the Toyota Hilux, the Iuzu Ute D-Max, Toyota RAV4 at number four, the MG ZS, and then the Tesla Model Y. For more, I spoke with Tony Weber. He is the CEO of the FCAI. So, Tony, new car sales hit a record in 2023, despite the higher cost of living. Why do you think that is? Well, some of this is catch-up from COVID times when cars weren't being delivered. Uh, There was also the microprocessor issue. So as supplies improved, the volume of cars sold in Australia has increased dramatically. The other point is the cost of living and interest rate issue, which hits many households, doesn't hit universally across the economy. So there are plenty of people out there still with the capacity to buy, and they exercised that right in 2023. So given that, how's 2024 likely to look? Can those record levels be maintained then? Well, 2024 obviously starts with a few dark clouds on the economic horizon. We've had all those interest rate hikes last year. We also have the cost of living issue coming into 2024. It starts off in a difficult position. We're hopeful, but we do recognise there may be some challenges in 2024. What kind of cars are in demand? What, What kind of cars do Aussies actually like and buy? And the fact that you mentioned earlier that um, higher interest rates don't necessarily hit people the same way, does that mean certain cars are are higher in demand as a result? Well, it's really interesting in the Australian context. Australians buy SUVs and like commercials, i.e. utes, like nowhere else basically in the world. 78% of sales last year were either utes or SUVs, and that's quite extraordinary. But when you think about it, these cars are very flexible, They have all the luxury of a sedan. They have more utility, more space. They can go other places that sedans can't. And people see that, attracted to it, and therefore buy those type of vehicles. It also comes at a time when petrol prices reached a record high in 2023. So on the opposite end, electric vehicles, how has that grown? How have they grown in popularity? So electric vehicles hit an all-time record last year. They got to 7.2%, up from 3.1% in the previous year. And we see there's more options for electric vehicle buyers out in the market, and people are responding. I forecast that that trend that we've seen over the last 12 months will continue into 2024 and beyond. I think it's inevitable that the vast majority of the Australian market will be EV in the future. Just a question of what that trajectory looks like how quickly we move to EVs.
The Commonwealth Government's looking at releasing its fuel efficiency standard, and that will limit what brands can sell in terms of what is emitted from a vehicle. That will drive EV and other low emission technologies into the future. I think that's an important development, and we're expecting that in the first quarter of 2024. But I think naturally the market will move towards EVs anyway. I think EVs are the future, and we will see that a larger proportion of the population will go that path. What is really required, though, to drive EVs is the recharging infrastructure. So the public provision of recharging infrastructure, absolutely critical in the movement to EVs. We've seen the Commonwealth and state and territory governments do a lot of work in that space, but a lot more investment needs to be put in place to actually support a large proportion of the 20 million cars of the future being EVs on our roads. What's your message to consumers seeking to buy a new car this year in terms of, I guess, what they should get or how they can get a better deal? Well, I think as the market tightens, and I think it will tighten in 2024, there'll be some good deals coming onto the market. Um, people need to just go out, look at the different options, think about their lifestyle and what vehicle best suits them for what they wear, both their work and their family life. Tony Weber there, the Chief Executive of the FCAI. Now, Market Day on the SBS On The Money podcast. The Australian share market fell for a second straight day. The S&P ASX 200 down 0.4% to 7,494. For more, I spoke with Matt Wacher. He is the Chief Investment Officer at Morningstar. So, Matt, the Australian share market is down again today after a strong run toward the end of last year. So given that we've seen a few days in a row of losses, have we reached a turning point? What's driving it? And is it something to be worried about? Well, yeah, I mean, the market really did embrace that Santa rally in 2023, didn't it? The market was up, the Aussie market was up 7% in December, which is unbelievable, really. What a great performance. But when you look at the whole of the year, I guess the Aussie market did underperform a little bit. You know, it was only up about 12% or maybe it was a little bit above that versus, you know, global markets in aggregate were up about 20%. The US up even more than that um, when you look at it in terms of Aussie uh, hedged it returns, um, Aussie dollar hedge returns. You know, in terms of a turning point, I don't think we're there yet. The fundamentals haven't really changed too much. Um, you know, maybe some over-enthusiastic fund managers locking in some of those profits they made last year. But really what we've done is follow the US the last couple of evenings um, and, and that's followed through into our days. You know, and that's been on the back of higher bond yields you know, maybe a bit of a recalibration of um, the path for interest rates, both in the US and here a little bit, as uh, we think, you know, there's lots of uncertainty out there. I don't know if it's technical or if it's, if it's me reading too much into it, right? But when the ASX 200 has breached 7,600 points and almost reached that record high for the past four times over two years, it just hasn't done it right. What do you make of it? I think, yeah, it probably is. Uh, it's a bit of a mental block there, isn't it? It's uh, It seems to get stuck uh, at 7,600. I think, you know, when we look at it, um, it will go through 7,600 and it'll, it'll go on to make much better gains, I'm sure, maybe even this year, maybe even quite soon this year. Um, but if we look at it in valuation terms, which is what we tend to do, you know, the market, the Aussie market's not really cheap relative to its history. You know, there's certain parts of the market that actually are pretty expensive, like the tech sector. I mean, the risk reward there 
we, we, we don't really favour the risk reward there. We think that investors are taking on a bit too much risk from a valuation perspective. It doesn't mean that that can't continue to charge on, especially if they get some interest rate tailwinds. Um, and then some other big parts of the market like CBA and BHP, are, you know, they're not overly expensive, but they are expensive. So that leaves the market a little bit vulnerable and probably why we've seen that little bit of a, a pullback in the market from 7,600. I don't think it's necessarily the number itself, um, but it does, as you say, there's a bit of an omen there. I think we're ready to be broken, though, at some stage relatively soon. Let's talk about what's moving the markets right now. Overnight, we heard from the US Federal Reserve in terms of its board meeting minutes. Can you run through what the US Fed is thinking and what's the general feel of investors out there as to where interest rates will go both in the US and in Australia and the implications for investors? Sure. I mean, I think that the generally speaking, um, the market has already priced in as it is pricing in. Um, has already priced in, in in probably both markets that interest rates are going to come down at some stage in 2024. And in the US, I think that um, uh, the, the, the interest rates will come down sooner than, than in Australia. Um, Australian interest rates obviously didn't go up as high as the US. The US, you know, well above 5% versus, versus Australia still in the fours there. Um, but what we think is that, that you know, interest rates will come down. That's kind of the, the change in tone from the Fed. But I think what, what is different from the Fed speak to what the market's pricing in is that the, the Fed probably aren't going to cut rates to the extent that the markets um, are expecting. Uh, and they're probably going to be held a little bit longer. Um, but, but, you know, it'll probably come down slower than what the market's expecting as well. And I think that if you think about that, the, the key scenario that would speed things up and prove me wrong um, in that the, the Fed and the, and the and the RBA will be slower in cutting rates than than what the markets think. That would mean that there's a recession, that they're really starting to fear a recession. Um, and that's not going to be a great scenario for investors if that does occur, if, if we do get that recessionary scenario. Our base case is that we'll avoid recession in both of those markets, um, but we will see interest rates fall a lot quicker if we do hope that recessionary risk starts to really appear. Um, apart from interest rates, what else do you see as the key themes for investors in 2024? Um, we think that, you know, the tech sector last year, especially in the US, the Magnificent Seven, it did fantastically well. Um, Magnificent Seven are the seven uh, big tech companies, you know, your Apples, your Microsofts, NVIDIAs, et cetera. We think that they're due a breather. We think they're pro probably pretty expensive relative to history at this point in time. I think if you look at it, um, NVIDIA needs to build another NVIDIA to fulfil its share price at this point in time, which it could well do. It could, again, prove me wrong. Um, but we think there's better value in, in parts, of, parts of the US market and, say, financials um, or value stocks more generally. Small caps have, have still lagged the market. Um, I don't think that, 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 that you know, we're not talking about um, big tech stocks not playing a part in, in uh, returns going forward. We think that they, they can still do well, um, but they've probably used up a lot of juice in 2022. More generally, we think, um, you know, there's lots of geopolitical issues out there. You know, obviously there's a couple of, you know, very terrible wars going on. Um, there's uncertainty around growth in China, which obviously relates to Australia and, and what's going on here quite substantially. Um, and, and, you know, there's lots of other little, you know, issues out there. You know, this, 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 you know, understanding of whether there's going to be a recession or not is, is weighing on people's minds. So there's lots of different themes out there. Um, 
But all of that uncertainty is creating some opportunities. And, and if I give you an example in China, um, China tech stocks, for example, you know, your big Alibaba's, your 10 cents, um, lots of those big tech names that are, that are household names, uh, in China and beyond, you know, sentiment in those stocks has hit rock bottom. Uh, but they're very cheap and they're very high quality companies. So if you can, if you can withstand some of the volatility, uh, stocks like that are, you know, really good opportunities. Um, Similarly, in the Australian market, we think that there's, you know, as I mentioned, you know, BHP, CBA, big leaders in their groups. But if you look under the hood a little bit, um, there's some really good opportunities in in sectors that have, uh, like like the miners, like REITs, REITs, real estate stocks are back in 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 uh, you know reasonable valuations relative to their history. It's taken a lot of pain to get there, but we think that that's another opportunity in the Australian market. And we think that, the, you know, if you look aside from uh, CBA, uh, that there's there's reasonable opportunities there in, in the Aussie markets and the other banks. That is Matt Wager there, the Chief Investment Officer at Morningstar. This SBS On The Money podcast is provided for informational purposes only content on this podcast should not be understood as constituting advice or a recommendation. It is not personal advice and does not consider your personal circumstances or objectives. You should contact a licensed professional before making any financial decision.